0: Welcome to the Inside OU Podcast, brought to you by New Balance of Edmund, featuring Keegan Renault from SoonersWire.com, powered by USA Today, and Brady Trantham. Hello, Brady. Bob Stoops here. Appreciate the great Sooner fan that you are
1: and have been through all these years. Boomer Sooner.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, look. I've been a sore loser with my team loses. Oh, he is. Uh, I, I mean, l- I mean let let me you two
1: t- together with OU football is great. Let me. You let You are on the same page.
0: Let me tell you. I. Um, I mean, I'll take that back. Like, what I don't do, because I've got literally a third of my family are Texas fans, a third of the other third of my family are OSU fans, and then the remaining third are OU fans. So Thanksgiving, Christmas time, is typically kind of fun trash talk time. What I don't do is. I try my best never to talk shit to, like, around OU Texas. I never talk shit, uh, win or lose. And, in fact, when OU does win, I usually send my cousin and my uncle a, uh, sorry, sorry about your team losing because I know what it's like. It's not fun to watch your team lose to their biggest rival in the biggest game of the regular season. It's not fun, so I try to empathize as much as possible, even though I thoroughly enjoyed the ass-kicking. Hey, what's up? It is the Inside OU podcast, and we're here at Vanessa House Beer Company, like always, Address. at Broadway and Eighth Street down in Bam. downtown Oklahoma City. it's the weather is great, but it's not really going to matter to you because you're listening to this after the fact. We're not on the radio, but they've got the door open. We've got two destination wedding cervezas in our hands. You know, first of probably two or three, depending how the editing will go, and then also. One quick little show note, and we're going to get into this uh, in the meat of this show. Uh, but we will be putting out two podcasts tonight. We're going to be putting out this one, of course, for free for all. And then we're going to be putting a conversation Keegan and I had on Monday with his fellow Sooners Wire extraordinaire writer and graph data information analytics guy, Stephen Plasance. We're going to put that up on our Patreon page as a podcast and it's going to make more sense once we get there, but we basically had a, a, we, we talked a lot about uh, Big 12 winning uh, probability, like who will win the Big 12. We talked about uh, big games this weekend, who's projected to win, what, what the scores are, and all those things that make you feel a little bit better because I know everybody is just glued to a TV or social media right now trying to figure out who will win something prior to it actually being called. I do the same thing with sports. So, look forward to that later on. So, if you do see two Inside OU podcasts in your uh, podcast feed, there is a reason why. It's not a mistake. So, shout out to our patrons and shout out to Vanessa House Beer Company for taking care of us like they always do. It's a good crowd. So, around Oklahoma City, uh, whenever you want to come and watch a game, have some fun, play some video games, do whatever, have some fun with some friends. It's a good spot, it's a good place. They always take care of their friends. So, what are we drinking? It's the Destination Wedding Cerveza. It is uh, very is good, good. stuff. It's very good. So my go-to beer typically uh, when I was a, I'm going to say a poor college student, but I'm a poor adult right now. But when I was a poor college student, Keegan, I would just basically get Pacifico beers or Modelo beers, Dos Equis if I had a little bit of extra money in the bank account. Uh, so Cervezas are typically what I go to unless I'm feeling a little, you know, better than what I actually am. Then I'll go to the stout. But uh, I love this beer, and you're starting... I kind of got you into it last week, and this is what you ordered, so kudos to you, Keegan. But how are you feeling right now? What are you looking at?
1: I'm really just sitting here thinking about that it's 538, third election to ever vote in, and we're not getting into politics. What I'm saying is...
0: Well, let's let's talk about third, it right now.
1: It's third. It's my third election, and
0: I don't know if we're ever going to go
1: through another crazy Your one. third
0: election, so wait, right? you're 23...
1: Right, it should be because I could have well, voted. I could have voted for yeah. It's my second. Sorry, it's your second. I was yes, gonna say second. unless
0: unless you're you've been lying to me this whole time and you're 33. Man, if it's
1: I right. was if I was that, I would have dominated back in the day. But
0: no, you're right. It's my second one. Unfortunately, I'm I'm ashamed to admit this now that I'm a tad bit more politically active than I was when I was 18. When I say a tad more politically active, that means I went from zero to like two. <laughs> uh, but when I was 18, that was the Obama-McCain 2008 election. And I went to Norman North at the time. I think that was my senior year. And they announced that, hey, we'll let you go uh, have some time off of school if you want to go vote if you're eligible and 18 years old. And I took that opportunity. But instead of voting, I just, <laughs> me and my friends just went to Freddy's and more. <laughs> there, uh, it was before there was a Freddy's and Norman off uh, Main Street. And twenty fourth, and we just went there and had burgers, fries, and uh, some ice cream, and just hung out for an hour. And just like, oh man, the lines were long, so we just skipped school like good students. And that's why I'm a broke adult. So yay! I, I guess this is my third election.
1: It's crazy, man. I mean, everything's crazy. It's I've been up till two in the morning each of the last three nights. Now people would be like, Keegan, what are you doing? I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it's not. I mean, not that it's not that big of a deal, but. More in general, of like, what are you doing? Like, you're sports guy. Like, this is not. Nu- this is so crazy. It is nuts. Have you been told it to stick to sports yet? No, I have. I, I think I've th- done a good. I've, how do I
0: say this? I've had a good week. The tweet. The tweet game has been really good this week. Well, Twitter is the most important thing on earth. Quite literally. If if it wasn't for Twitter and what you know, the measly five point two. Uh, k followers that i have on my old twitter oh account. we're going if on, it wasn't for that i don't even know if i'd be employed by the franchise so i mean shout out to my twitter followers. i
1: mean you're not wrong like that did help it definitely didn't. for me i
0: would assume it didn't hurt
1: no <laughs> not in a world where people are trying to get as many clicks as possible oh clicks 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 the
0: almighty retweet that sooner
1: sooner's wire is not clickbait i just want to want you to know that
0: really do no, no 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 explain. Don't. I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just I'm giving you a chance to I was playing devil, devil's advocate. I was giving you an opportunity to Well, give like, or for or example, big
1: o. like, you know, we're not going to grab just one or two quotes and throw them into a story with 200 words that take things You out
0: mean of. you mean muck quotes. Muck quotes.
1: Yeah, those quotes. <laughs> we're not going to take quotes and just throw those into a story unless it's important. Like there's a how do I say this is I had this conversation with Advisor, one of the best people that you'll ever work with in this industry, and Seth Prince that works at the OU Daily. um, We had this great conversation about this. It was about, you know, just the gradient of journalism nowadays. And, like, how far do you dip into, man, we're hurting for numbers, we need to write on anything and everything, to what does my audience want? And I feel like most of the nowadays that people just want the information that they really need. Like, they they don't need these fluff things. They don't need these, you know, stuff thrown together and just put into a story for clicks. So I try to do our best job of doing that. And, I, I, I've, heck, I've been ridiculed for it from even my end of things, you know, inside our company and all these other different things. But it's so important, like, that people get the right information. They get what they want. They get what they're asking for. So... That's what I mean, that's what we do and you know, adding Steven to the having adding Steven to the mix has definitely I think advanced us in that regard. That we the things that we put out there, whether it's from my Twitter, whether it's from Stevens, that it's going to be stuff that you wanna see that's related to what you wanna learn about OU football. And I think we've done a really good job projecting that and also add Josh Calloway in. Sorry that I hired him away from you guys, um, if you're listening any. Any of the Tyler Media family, but at the end of the day, I th- it's they, they all listen. No, oh, good.
0: <laughs> Everybody but, listens to this show.
1: Um, but you know, it's yeah, I think we do a really good job. But no, it's been crazy, man. This is, you know, at twenty four. It's hard to say make this statement, but whenever you talk to older people and, like, what they've gone through in their life, I'm sure people that went through the Depression and all that and, like, the World War II and,
0: and the 40s wow. is crazy. We brought up the Dust Bowl and the greatest generation in this podcast. This is what happens when you play Kansas. Yes. yes. <laughs> we will get to Kansas and other football things, I promise, but continue. But you? my point is, is, when is it ever going to be this crazy? Like, I can't even, like,
1: it it's nuts. being It being the world we're living in right now.
0: Well, Something that I've typically kind of leaned on, and again, like I said, we will get to Kansas and OU football in a few seconds. What I've typically leaned on, Keegan, is the world isn't any more crazy than it's ever been or always has been. The only reason why you think that it's crazy right now is because you have a phone. We have the ability to find out what's going on in Bangladesh right now, Sure. whereas 60 years ago that wasn't a thing, and you're also of age to care about it. We invaded two countries when I was 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. And in fact, I lived in Turkey when we invaded Iraq. And you want to know how much worry I had in the world about it? And my dad was in the Air Force, so he was somewhat directly involved. You know how much care I had in the world about it? Not so much, because sure. I was 11, 12, 13, and 14 years old. I mean, so.
1: we're in the middle of a pandemic. Having
0: said that, this is
1: a little bit crazier the than stock normal. market. Have you seen the stock market? We're the We're not getting days? into stocks. I'm not talking about. That. I'm just saying in general. Have you seen it?
0: I've never seen a stock or a market. Okay.
1: Re- regardless, it has done things the last three days that are just unheard of for the uncertainty that's happening in our country. It is. It, it's gone up three straight, four straight days of just gapping straight up. It's nuts. And people that know what I'm talking about, they're gonna, they're gonna be like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So.
0: We all know Oklahoma has a ton of underrated beauty to it. The rolling hills, the countrysides, the sunsets, and even our cities. If you're interested in decorating your home or place of business with evidence showing off the uniqueness of our state, give David Schweitzer a look. David is a talented photographer hailing from Calumet who has a passion for capturing everything Oklahoma has to offer. And don't take my word for it, check out his website at www.OklahomaBackRoadExplorer.com and get in touch with him. I personally like the abandoned building prints. I'm into creepy stuff, but it also kind of reminds me of what Bob Stoops must have felt when he first stepped on campus in 1998. Again, that's OklahomaBackRoadExplorer.com or check out his Instagram page of the same name. Follow him on Instagram and like his stuff for us. We'll appreciate it. One of David's specialties is taking his photos and printing them on wooden cutouts of the state. It'd go really well with an upside-down longhorn skull in your living room. One more time, oklahomabackroadexplorer.com. No, it's Bertie, It is Kansas week. <laughs> Look, so I'll uh, stop
1: I'll get off my soapbox here about what's going on in the real world.
0: Here so, so again just to round out everything that we had said that, Stick had no- to sports, Brady. that had nothing to do with the not sticking to sports uh Stephen Plassant's uh, conversation with Keegan and I on Monday will go up later on tonight for our patrons and that will just be $4 a month for that. The post game show that will come out on Saturday night. Other things that I'm working on like sooner flashback Friday for Friday. And if you want to pay an extra dollar, you'll get all that plus Keegan's film review. So look out for that, everybody. Uh, but yes, Kansas Week, look, OU, can, OU has to go out there and take care of business. Like The last thing you want to see, Keegan, is OU to you know, win the game but suffer an injury. So like we kind of said on Tuesday, I don't want anyone to get hurt in this game. I'm trying my best to take this game seriously as a fan because I have so much influence on this game on Saturday. <laughs> but... At the same time, it's a good little trap game in that, not for OU to lose it, but for OU to win basically like they won in Lawrence last year where it was a game at halftime and we're all thinking, yeah, OU's going to win this game, but the, the game has been lost in terms of it's not a good look for the program, it's not a good look for this 2019 Oklahoma Sooners team. Uh, considering that they had Big 12 aspirations, college football playoff aspirations, national title aspirations, you destroy teams like Kansas. So OU coming off of a gigantic win in Lubbock in terms of just the explosion on all, in all facets of the game, coming off that, it sets up for, oh, we got to play Kansas, screw this. And then you look up the scoreboard and it's like 41-20 40, you know, in the third quarter. It's like they're winning, but they should be winning by more if you catch my drift.
1: I how do I say this? I honestly need to look up the scores from the past, but typically OU cakewalks through this game. Like Lincoln doesn't show anything. Last
0: two years have been a little bit different,
1: right? Like, but they gave up a touchdown late last year, and did, I don't think they covered.
0: No, but that first half was so ugly that it kind of just it, it, who was me-
1: playing quarterback? Oh, sorry,
0: your favorite quarter. Actually, going back to the Sooners wire, the the clicks thing. I know, you, like, I know you love Sooner's Wire, Keegan, but I'm fairly certain you, like every other young journalist, you're looking ahead to potentially working for another outlet, maybe a bigger outlet, maybe even being on TV with your handsome ass face. But if you're there for a substantial amount of time, let's say you're there for three or four more years, I really, I'm really curious what the average will be in terms of clicks for your website compared to 2019... And then the rest of the seasons, and I wonder how much of that will be will be directly due to Jalen Hurts not giving you your precious quotes and just being a just a meanie, just an absolute meanie to you guys.
1: We'll say this: anybody that's in the world, it's in our industry right now in Oklahoma, it's a lot more fruitful when you put Spencer Rattler's name in a headline than Jalen Hurts already.
0: Let wah, wah. to put that sound. I guess every time Jalen Hurts is mentioned on this podcast, I need to put like a Debbie Downer horn in the background. <laughs> I mean, you just hate to see it, right? (laughs) No, No, but again, like, OU beats Kansas in 2018, like, 48-30. to And then last year they beat them, what, 42-20. And, and yes, like you said, they scored a touchdown late to make it look a little bit weirder on the scoreboard. But that first half really did it for me for that game. Like, the Kansas test had been failed. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't mean that they're not going to win the game. Like, they're – like. I guess everybody goes into games differently. I have some bullet points that the team needs to check mark. Absolutely. And if they don't check mark them, then they failed the test. That again, that doesn't mean that they're either going to win or lose the game.
1: You ready for this? Let's do it. Last three games against the spread. What do you think Oklahoma's record is? They're three zero against the spread,
0: aren't they? Because they covered against Texas. They covered. No, no, no. Last three games against Kansas. Oh, Sorry. against Kansas. Zero and three. Or oh, 1 and they 2. They are 0 and
1: 3 against the spread in their last three games against Kansas. Yeah. They're a 38 point favorite. This is the most, this is up there with 2017, the crotch game. I thought Spencer Rattler was heading that direction last weekend, by the way. Did you see my tweet about that? Yes.
0: <laughs> well, explain for those who didn't see your tweet.
1: Oh, it was just when he went out of bounds and barely got hit, and the guy kind of barely hit him out of bounds, and he reacted to it. And the
0: Big 12 officials, in all their glory, they threw a flag only to wave it off, even though – I mean, because that's what this conference does. They they throw a flag for every, every time a defensive back breathes on a receiver, whereas you watch SEC Big Ten uh, football, I would say Pac-12, but they're not probably going to play either. Um, there's contact allowed in the secondary for receivers. Hey, Trey Brown got away with some last weekend. Oh, that Trey Brown. He uh, he had a good game after a an abysmal start, where he was targeted. But I mean, you he, know, he, made, he had a
1: great comeback. He had three or f- he so he allowed three or four plays, and he made three or four plays. So, I mean, that's it's kind of like the early stages of the Parnell Motley experience. Sure.
0: Now, I would say the next thing for him, if I'm looking at Trey Brown as a player right now, uh, disregarding everything that I've seen the previous two seasons, you say he he gave up three plays and he made three plays. I want to see him make those make those plays when the game is competitive and, and somewhat in doubt. I agree. If he can do that, then that's like the next step. And I'm like, oh, I'm all aboard the Trey Brown train at that point. Because, again, we have Trey some Brown interesting pl- numbers on Trey Brown. Trey Brown plays for my favorite college football team. I want him to do well. I'm not sitting here rooting against him. Are you? No. Because I know he's going to play a lot. The last thing I want him to do is give up three or four bombs and – have a defensive holding on a guy who has nothing to do with the play to give a first down. That's what that's what I don't want to see. But I have seen it before. I just don't want to see it anymore. So,
1: kind of going back to that Tech game, and I want to touch on the Trey Brown thing. Is I posted a clip, and I know you, you said, and this is my fault. It took me much of the week. I put it in this Patreon whenever I started it. That...
0: It's because you've been reading up on Pennsylvania voting laws. I, You're right. <laughs> you're absolutely
1: – you're close. I, I have read up on probably every state and everything to make sure I'm Google, sure to know what, what I'm what is a about. commonwealth? <laughs> but with Trey Brown, and even even to his extent, like, it's a good thing that those plays happened from the aspect of this is a guy that – I mean, you look at the Texas game, he made a big play, but he didn't play that well in that game. Even our numbers say he didn't play that well. Um so then you go back to the Iowa State game and have his trouble had his troubles then, but just for the team in general later on in the game, and I just want to point this out before we do take a little d- deep dive into Kansas later on in the game, Marcus Stripling's third down stop. You see three starters and Nick Benito and a couple others, and two coaches going nuts on it. Yeah, you know what the score was? Was it forty two fourteen? It was already fifty five to fourteen. Okay, and they were into it. As much as can be, Chandler Morris laid in the game. Slides to stay in bounds, right? Eric Monroe from Texas Tech, who played an unbelievable game against Oklahoma. Yeah, by the way, um, a guy blast from the past. You remember him? He was a tra- he was a grad transfer that Oklahoma was kind of kicking the okay, tires with a little bit I back remember. in the day. Maybe LSU. I don't know necessarily where he's from, but so he went after Chandler Morris, tried to take him out completely, and Morris slid. Next thing you know. Yowee and Austin Stogner, right on the sideline, get right up on the field, start talking, start chirping to them. There's something different about this team now. You didn't those the oh the the oh
0: shit moment from this team is kind of gone. Yeah, they're um they they're growing up together. You see that with like in any sport where you've got a young team that's kind of that has that has had to go through like some BS early on. If they find some success and they kind of figure it out, like that team those teams are typically very tight and Lincoln Riley kind of talked about it. he also brought up the fact that, you know, they are going through a pandemic just like everybody else, but it's forced the team to understand what like, truly what's at stake. If you want to attain, you know, your goals, which OU is of course still technically and mathematically very much up for the big Twelve championship or to at least get into it. If they want to get there, I mean, not only do they need to perform on the field, not only do they need to perform in practice, but they, have to sacrifice a lot more than in typical seasons where, you know, we're talking about student athletes at a school like OU where, yeah, you can't have a side job and make some extra money uh, legally. You can't uh, for the most part, go out and just have a debaucherous time and not have any consequences for it. Like you and I, when we were in college could probably do and get away with it. So um, he brought up that, he brought up all the social uh, unrest during the summer, how that brought the team tighter together. And I think you're just really seeing it now and, like Spencer Rattler said like uh, before the Tech game, like we need to go out there and embarrass somebody. They did that. And now you can kind of look at Spencer Rattler and, uh, as a leader and just go, okay, maybe maybe the team finally is f- – not, th- not to say that they weren't following him because of X, Y, or Z, but now that he said something and it came to fruition, I wonder what happens the rest of the season once OU gets into a situation. They're probably not going to see it against Kansas, but once they get into a situation where the game is tight again – like it was against Texas, like it was at Ames and Iowa State, where things aren't going uh, according to plan like they were against Kansas State. And I wonder if we see a different OU team respond than the ones earlier on the Absolutely. year.
1: Absolutely. I agree with you completely. It's it's clear that – and I asked Spencer this, and it's going to be part of a, a story that's going to go out Saturday morning. I know I hinted at one last week, but um, just never got to it. Um, but, no, this week, it's kind of – you know, I asked Spencer this after the game. Like, do you feel that this team, Brady – Is rallying around Spencer Rattler's confidence because it seems like, like the more this guy starts chirping, the more this guy starts playing at a high level. The more this guy continues to execute, this whole team is executing. Tyrese Robinson played his best game of the year, and I pointed that out. I pointed that
0: out on Monday. We've been very, at least I have been very critical of his play. I have
1: been more than you. I have been very critical of Tyrese Robinson, both
0: his football IQ and his ability on the field. But he. I mean, maybe it was a favorable matchup, uh, but for at least this week, like I'm praising Tyrese Robinson. We didn't we didn't need to, like w- there were no tweets calling for Chris Murray to play. And I don't even know if he played. I'm sure he did, but I don't recall ever even wanting to look and see if Chris Murray was even out there. So that's a great thing for Tyrese Robinson.
1: And it's it just, this team is just, the way they're building and, you know, a lot of people, and I'm going to go back to a question I asked Lincoln two or three weeks ago. Again, I asked him more about the stuff that they go through. Can that be – and how important is it that they went through that this year with the COVID, with social unrest, with the Missouri State game, how that was up in the air with the losses early in the season? Can those just – you know, can that be a
0: blessing in disguise? Can you galvanize that?
1: Yeah, and it's clear that they have rallied around
0: themselves. Yeah, and as much as we want to, like, look forward to 2021 as – the first time that OU really has a shot at winning a national title. I mean, they can they can win in the short term. Not a national title, but relatively speaking, like where we were after the Iowa State game where, okay, I guess the Big Twelve Championship streak ends at five. If this team wins gets into the Big Twelve Championship and then wins it, and then gets to a New Year's six bowl against a name school and has a resounding victory, this will be one of the more enjoyable OU teams over the last 10-15 years. It'll be up there with the 2013 team in terms of just when you think about that season there was a lot left on the table. It was weird but no one can deny how it ended and how everyone feels about it.
1: Yeah and again I said this on Tuesday and you know, kind of moving on from Tech again you can see that full breakdown. I've got it a, a really detailed for a Texas Tech game and a blowout. Um, there was a lot of good stuff from it and I ended it on a high note for you all. Because Chris Murray in the second half put on some tape that is going to excite a lot of people for next year. Um, But just it's the fact that the way they played, the way they're rallying around themselves. And then, again, I want to finish with this. Credit Lincoln. I mean, I said this on Tuesday and I said this on Air Monday um, with Sam and Chisholm. There were people, like, close to calling for his job. Like, not like – I'm saying that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but – if you got the pulse of the pro, of the fan base after the LSU game last year, after the way they started this year, there were a lot of people questioning them. Yeah, there was a lot of people questioning a lot of things about this program. Heck, even I was I was very critical of the discipline of the tackling that showed up. This the weird two different teams showed up. One showed up against Kansas State, and then another showed up against Iowa State, and it was just it was just weird. and, and that reflects on leadership. Yeah. Um, attitude reflects leadership. I mean, it's a great quote from Remember the Titans. So credit to Lincoln. Um, I forgot about them. <laughs> credit to Lincoln. Um, you know, credit to this, credit to these players, credit to Spencer. Um, because at the end of the day, none of this matters unless the quarterback is the alpha. We have seen it from this program from since Bob took over. If the quarterback's the alpha dog of this team, whether that's Josh Heupel in 2000. Jason White. I know there's a ton of defensive players on those teams then. Jason White in 0304, Sam Bradford in 08, 8 uh, Baker, Kyler,
0: Jalen to a, a certain extent. Blake Bell in o- Stillwater in the second half yeah, 2013. Yeah, I
1: mean, when the quarterback is your best player, he is playing with the most confidence. At Oklahoma, you have your best, you have a chance to beat anybody. Yeah. And we are seeing that out of this team. And I know we're going to get into the numbers here in a little bit, but it gives me all the confidence for them the rest of this season.
0: Sure. Uh, I guess the last thing on Lincoln, like, sure, at the time, you know, one and two, they their only win against Missouri State, losing to K-State at home, Iowa State on the road, two games that they should have won and two games that they controlled for the most part until the very end. Uh, going into the Texas game where I picked them to lose, and then I even picked them to lose after they had beaten Texas in front of us, to TCU the following, or two weeks later. So, I, I just remember thinking, like, uh, Lincoln's not going to get fired, but there are people that I talk to rather frequently that um, have a better understanding of what's going on around OU that were questioning, you know, not necessarily from information that they had, but just questioning if Lincoln was all there or just all in on this season, mainly because of everything that he's had to deal with. I mean, we talked about it. He talked about it a lot. Lincoln did the beginning of the year where he's thinking, like, as much as I want to be hyped for the game on Saturday, like, I have to get three or four phone calls in the week, and I don't even know who I can depend on to be playing in the football game or coaching on the sideline with me in the football game, so I feel like all those questions were somewhat fair. The whole, you know, calling for his job, that might have been a little hyperbolic, but that's the standard when you're talking about Oklahoma, so uh, good job, Lincoln Riley, but the job is not done, Keegan, so... Really quick, here are my bullet points on Kansas because I'm fairly certain I've watched two Kansas games. I'm fairly certain a lot of our listeners probably haven't even watched one Kansas game. So I'll give you a little info, information. They're, they have two quarterbacks, one in Jalen Daniels or Miles Kendrick. Jalen Daniels is a freshman and probably the more talented of the two. Jalen Daniels has not thrown a touchdown pass this season. Huh, Kansas as a team has thrown three touchdowns in their five or six games. I can't remember if they played six. I think they've played five. They've only thrown three touchdown passes in this entire season, and two of them were against Coastal Carolina. So since that Coastal Carolina game, they have one passing touchdown. Not very good. Kansas isn't very good, as we all know. The thing about Jalen Daniels, though, he's quick. They run a lot of zone read with him. When he does drop back to pass, I feel like he's he's a raw, not very well coached, athletic quarterback so what does that mean it means he leaves the pocket early and often doesn't really trust the play doesn't trust his offensive line doesn't trust his receivers but it's Kansas so it's inherent on the defensive line to not you know read their press clippings this week I mean they're going to have they're going to put on a ton of pressure you put out that that awesome stat that Nick Benito leads the country in uh pressures per uh pressure rate um, so it's going to be inherent on the defensive line that when they get their opportunities that they need to contain and get home like they have been doing the last three weeks because Jalen D- uh, why not while not the most exciting, athletic, talented quarterback that OU's seen this year, he's got some speed and can't hurt them if they just kind of go in and sleepwalk on this 230 kick.
1: How do I say this? In English? Like, <laughs> Oklahoma just needs to cover. You what cover against Kansas this week, you feel good about it. Is it 42? 38. 38. I believe there is so many things in this game that you're going to want to see. And I know you pointed out one of them, and I'm going to throw it back to you a little bit because from what I understand, like Iowa state put up some points on Kansas, but for the most part, like Kansas defense, hasn't been that bad. Like the offense has just been setting them back. And that's usually the sign of a less miles team that that's usually what happens. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not going to get pushed. Oklahoma's not. And if they do, that's a scary sign. Um, now, yeah, Oklahoma's currently a 38-point favorite over Kansas as it stands today, according to the Vegas Insider consensus. You just got to cover that line. I mean, you cover that line, you feel – if you if Oklahoma beats him by 42, you feel good about yourself. Yeah,
0: no, the big fear of this game is not losing it. OU's not going to lose. There are two fears. Like, someone gets hurt. that That's probably a fear that everybody has every time, like a fa- from a fan perspective. Every time you watch your team play, there's always a fear that someone can get hurt, but you would – Really hate for it's happening. It's Kansas. There's that. And then, of course, uh, kind of what I've been talking about is just the team just is really feeling themselves after a big win and big consecutive wins in the Cotton Bowl on the road in Fort Worth against TCU in dominant fashion, then in dominant fashion against uh, the Red Raiders in Lubbock. They feel themselves. And then we see a lot of the same mistakes that we saw early on in the year. So that whether that's Spencer Rattler has a turnover or two in the first half, whether that's the secondary or Tyrese Robinson, Adrian Ealy, uh, getting some drive-killing, extending penalties. Uh, it, you know, you could find yourself in a situation where OU's up by 15, 20 points in the first half, but it's just like, wow, this this team, um, as much as we wanted to praise them, they're still very young and, sure. young, and this is what could happen with young teams. They are young. They are inexperienced, but I think we can expect them, at least we should go into this game and expect them to not read their press clippings and not sleepwalk through this. I feel like this team should be motivated to play. As Spitzer said last week, they wanted to come out and embarrass somebody. Do it again.
1: Why not? I mean, can Kansas be embarrassed at this point? Yeah, no, you can. You beat them 77. Well, Lincoln's not going to let that happen. No, but, no. But this is, uh, this this should is a week.
0: Be, this y- should be a shutout warning. Absolutely. Um, this, should, this is a week where, like, we shouldn't see receivers p- running behind defensive backs. We shouldn't see Absolutely. gigantic running lanes, especially with no Puka Williams. Penalties. Shouldn't see penalties lead directly to, you know, like a first and goal when it was third and ten from the 25. We should not see that whatsoever. Um, because, really, the best chance Kansas has to score, because oh, he's going to score a lot, is uh, Kenny Logan. Their return man, he had, a, he had a kickoff return last week against Iowa State. Returned at 105 yards, got some speed, got some moves. Uh, He only has three returns this year, but he's averaging 50 yards a return. And we've already seen OU give up a gigantic return already this season that swung a game against them. So another test, I guess, for special teams that has uh, responded well after that bad uh, outing in Ames. But that's, you know, that's the test is just you can't sleepwalk. you got to do your job. That's what good teams do. If this team is a good team and is very – is very well the best team in this conference like we all think they are. They'll go out there and take care of business.
1: Absolutely. Um, I do have a couple things. You know, I'm sure we'll get into the end. This is a, a big week, I think, for the backup quarterback competition ha- heading into next year. Trailer Morris looked good. We haven't really seen him, but I'm sure we're going to see a lot of him on Saturday. Uh, that's going to be important. You're going to see a lot of these young guys again. Uh, Mikey Henderson, oh, I hope he plays for about three quarters. Oh, uh, I've got a.
0: I got a sooner boner for that guy. He is my god. He awesome. So much fun. So much fun to watch. Is he um, a bit be- is he a better runner? Like clearly he's a different player than Jeremiah Hall. Because they don't hand the ball off to Jeremiah Hall. N- no. Is is it just simply they just have different skill sets?
1: So like Mikey Henderson is built like a
0: He looks like a bigger, slower Trey Sermon.
1: Yeah, it, that's a Mike I sent a comp out to a guy this week. Um, he reminds me, because, like, you see how Njoku's used up in Cleveland? And I know he's 6'5", like 260 pounds and yeah, longer gi- than – Yeah, he's gigantic. But Mikey just reminds me of, like, a smaller version of him. Like, he just – long strides, long, big. I mean, looks bigger than 6'2", when he's playing. No, you remember the first play
0: against Texas um, on their – Yeah, second drive. absolutely. Because their first drive was disastrous, and they went three and out, punted. But on their next drive – they just, throw a, they just throw a little outlet pass to Mikey Henderson, and he gets like 13, 14 yards. But the way he ran, I think I told you specifically, Keegan, like the way he ran, it it seemed like he, he understood how to run, he knew what he was doing, and there just looked like – I'm not trying to say that he's special, all-American type, but relatively speaking for an H-back, like there's some special in his game. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of him, hopefully against Kansas. Absolutely. I'm with you
1: thousand percent. Defensively, Bryson Washington got his first snaps. You want to see some more out of him. DJ Graham, Joshua Eaton, uh, linebacker Shane Witter played down there in Lubbock. Brendan Walker, Reggie Grimes, uh, Andrew Rame. I'm sure we'll get a little bit more to look at him. Anton Harrison. By the way, I don't know if it's worth the conversation. He's regressed this year from the his first game. Who?
0: Anton Harrison. It's kind of – I don't know. It's not alarming yet, but it is a – Well, is it Anton Harrison – is it him regressing or is it Eric Swenson surprisingly playing pretty well? No, like when Harrison's been in the game, it's not been as
1: clean as it was Pass blocking or run blocking? Both. Both? Yeah. It's He just has – he's regressed, which, you know, it's one of those things. So, it's – uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I definitely am at a point now where it's like I just want to see these freshmen play, and they should – and they should play a lot. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. Like I said, there's so many guys on defense that I just listed, and that's not even all of them. Like DJ Graham, I don't know if I even talked about him. Like he played. He's played. He's played at times this year, so uh, it's going to be important. And I'm excited to see kind of you know what these guys look like against power five competition. I mean, it's don't get me wrong. I'm, Kansas and Missouri State would be a relatively competitive game for a little bit. It'd be so. barn burner. But yeah, that's where I'm at for uh, for
0: this weekend's Kansas. Well, okay, since no one really gives a damn about Kansas and everybody knows oh he's going to win, let's kind of shift back into the bigger picture at play here. So the Big 12, uh, they're big games this week. we got Texas, West Virginia, and Morgantown. Then Oklahoma State goes up to Manhattan to play Kansas State. And if you're no U fan, like, of course, you want to see your team take care of business. Uh, but at the same time, if you really want to see this team in the Big 12 Championship, Oklahoma State has to go to Manhattan and beat kansas state which seems to be what's going to happen even if spencer sanders has kind of an average game even if osu has kind of a hangover from the shocking loss in overtime to the longhorns last saturday in stillwater because uh, kansas state is trending downward in a in a fast way will uh, will howard not a very good quarterback we talked about that on tuesday Um, it's on the road for oklahoma state but um, this is kind of what we were talking about with Stephen Plasance on Monday. If you wanted to just kind of go into how he, he, to the best of your understanding, just what he does for Sooner's Wire and how he gets his information and what exactly it means when numbers get spit out at you.
1: So the model that he uses is comprised of like 11 of the top analytic sites, and he's put all of these in a database. There's this huge, monstrous database, and we... Basically, it's all of their data combined. It's like a composite rating. Yep. And, you know, you obviously the way to calculate how good your models are doing and your projections, you have to do it against the spread. He is killing it this year. He had one bad week the first week of Big Ten football um, two weeks ago. But... He's doing a really, really good job, and you
0: punished him for that. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: he, I guess he nailed like eight or nine underdogs winning outright. So props up for that.
0: So he's your bear, basically.
1: Basically, yeah. I mean, can you not see on the Patreon on when when people see it on the he has the uh, headset for it. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was. I thought that was pretty funny. Fair enough. But uh, but no, he he does that, and he does a really really good job, you know. And it's it's something that you, you know me. I I've dove into the analytics really the last three years really hard now do i make every decision i say or whatever based off of them no does it nice to have those numbers to back up if, if i see something and it backs it up like the nick Benino thing like i sent the nick Benino thing out there steven saw me tweet that and he goes i think he's right so he calculates the numbers and it spits out that number yeah um so he has everything um you know he grabs he doesn't take like pff's grades or anything so that i think good that, but he takes like the snap, like their snap counts. He takes that data, snap counts, all sorts of different other data, but d- doesn't take their grades or their analytics or anything. Um, he makes it his own. So that's where we come up with our numbers. Um, and I trust him, man. He does a really good job. We both missed the TCU game. He had OU winning by one. I had OU losing by one. Um, so it's kind of interesting how that worked out, but it's uh Yeah, you know, you look into it, and as you were talking about scenarios, yeah, like, Oklahoma State losing to Texas last weekend was almost detrimental to Oklahoma State's chances of, unless they went out, of making the Big 12 championship
0: outside of the OU game. Well, really quick, um, before we get further on to Oklahoma State, Kansas State, I would say, like, because everything you said was right, and I understand how you just use the numbers that Steve and, uh, and you kind of gather, you know, as a guide. I think what people have a big problem with them is, or like two examples are like this. Um, I don't know if this was actually the case, but you mentioned it on Tuesday or or maybe you mentioned it on the post-game pod on Sunday how OU's secondary or OU's defensive numbers, despite the fact that they had three turnovers, uh, two interceptions in the secondary, their numbers may not have increased Mm -hmm. because those interceptions and the fumble were as a result of Texas Tech screwing up. So essentially like I guess the analogy would be like you don't get – do you get credited for a hit if it's at the result of a, a, an error? Do you, you still get it? So, like, you
1: don't get credit. It's just kind of thrown out. So, for example, yeah. Oklahoma State plays Texas, you, right? You, you,
0: you hit a routine grounder to second base and he F's it up. Sure. You don't get credited for a hit.
1: But for, per the analytics, they have all this data in baseball to where, like, they can see how hard you hit it if you barreled the ball up and if you hit it out a guy and he makes an error – Like, you'll get a little bit of credit for it. So, take Texas Oklahoma State, for example. If you look at SP, and everybody was looking at it this week, how Oklahoma State rose two points, two two Yeah, that was going to be my second example. Because,
0: like, the reason for the secondary thing that I think OU fans would have a big, well, I don't care about the numbers because, yes, they were the result, those interceptions were the result of fluky, you know, uh, deflected balls off of the receiver's hands. But OU's not caught those (laughs) at all in the last two years. They've dropped gimmies. OU fans will take any turnover that they can get, whether it's thrown directly to them or the, play, or the OU player makes a play. So the numbers aren't going to all the time tell you the entire story, and that's the point that I'm trying to hammer home. Yeah,
1: so what these analytics do is that they can spit stuff like this out. So you mentioned the tech turnovers, right? I point them out on the, on, through the um, film review. Both plays were drops. Now, Alex Grinch did mention a point, and there is something to this, to where the game does speed up if your defensive line playing well and it makes decisions a little bit tougher. But in the aspect of those turnovers, no. Like, those were two clear drops. And then the fumble. Like, you know, Oklahoma State had an interception and a fumble, right, against Texas to where there was no contact really made. So that gets spit out. And it's definitely interesting – that you know, if you're able to throw those things out of the equation, then you get a better idea of how th- the strength of a team is. Yeah. So, it's that's what these numbers show. Um, but what we do, so for these projections, and I know we're about to throw these out there, we'll simulate these. So he'll put it into his model, and he'll simulate the uh, the outcomes. It takes. It'll take. Sometimes it takes him ten minutes, depending on how many he wants to do. Sometimes it takes him thirty. So, like, during the game, during Texas Tech, Oklahoma was up big in the second quarter. So, I went ahead and had him go through the, what the projections look like now um, with Oklahoma winning and how the scenarios ended last weekend. And in 30 minutes, because he's built up this database, he can have them sent out to me. Uh, and I've told him this, and you'll hear this if you're on the Patreon, but, like, I mean, he's 20 years old. He's got he's got his life's work, like, done. Now he just has to fin- continue to fine-tune it, continue to make it better. Yep. Um so props to him for that. I I love working with him. He's cracks me up. He <laughs> basically, how do I say this? It's not like a little brother thing, but the dude is as stubborn as I am and I love it for him. I'm love I love him for it cuz you know how I, you know how I am.
0: So Um, Well, I hate both of you. Uh, Absolutely. Follow follow Stephen on Twitter, by the way. It was at at Stephen P-L-A-I. Yes. Yeah, so Stephen Ply, P-L-A-I. So give him a follow for all the cool Sooner info. Uh, But yeah, let's get right into what um, you thought about Oklahoma State and Kansas State, and then what Stephen's model thinks about the game.
1: What is the most probable finish right now?
0: Surprisingly, OU is now favored to win the conference after the events of last week, which was pretty massive jump i would say they had a 13% chance going into saturday you know a couple of days later the ratings have been updated it's 33% chance which is higher than anyone else oklahoma state has a 27% chance and then texas actually is third right now with a 19% chance iowa state right behind them with a 17 and there you have it oklahoma state 30 to 23 according to the almighty computer tech gods Whatever they are. Sounds about right, but the Spencer Sanders experience is a factor in that game, no doubt. And Kansas State is a team that thrives off of making or putting teams into positions to make mistakes. So if you're an OU fan and an Oklahoma State fan, you hope that Spencer Sanders plays a relatively clean game.
1: It's such a weird game because it's a 12 and a half point line, right? Our model has it at seven and a half, seven, seven and a half. I think. Just the turnovers the last three to four weeks probably hurts Oklahoma State in the analytics, believe it or not. I know we were talking about throwing out stuff like that, turnover to luck. Um, but, you know, we're, we're at a point now with Oklahoma State, like, they kind of are who they are. Yeah. And you're going up against a Chris Kleiman team that's going to be able to run the football a little bit. They're going to be able to get some first downs. And if Oklahoma State's without – you know, left tackle. And you have to – another thing, too, that not a lot of people are talking about, like, Kansas State has does have a, a huge advantage in this game, and it's along the defensive line. How, have you watched just the Kansas State-Oklahoma game, like, back? watch it back?
0: Um, I, I think I got through the f- – I think I got to the um, – when did the block punt happen? Was that the fourth quarter? Third quarter. Okay, was third it, or fourth? What one was the, the Seth th- McGowan? Okay, whichever McGowan fumble or the block punt—that's as far as I got, and I was like, "I'm, f- I'm, I'm done."
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Khalid Duke—I believe is a sophomore for Chris Kleiman, one of the defensive linemen. Well, listen to this: three-star kid out of high school signs JUCO, leaves JUCO after one year, goes to Kansas State. Guess what he was in high school recruited as? Wide receiver. Kansas State, believe it or not, flips him around, and goes to play defense, and he is going to be really, really good, really good. So they have a huge matchup advantage in the trenches, um, I think. Um, just with that, just alone. So they, you know, him and White Hubert could could have a big day on Saturday, and if that's the case, and Spencer Sanders is the time, the time in his head, and that clock's going a little bit faster, I think it could produce a couple, um, a couple bad plays for Oklahoma State. So I'm. I, I actually, you know, in my picks of College Football News, I'm going to pump them up a little bit, and the only reason I'm doing that is because my my, my record is so good this year. Oh, sorry. Humble brag. I've, I, I dunk the basketball quite a bit.
0: Well, look, before we get to Texas-West Virginia, Keegan, I do want to talk to you about your Kleiman love affair that you're, you've you got going on. Oh, love him. Now, please don't mix, mistake this for me uh, thinking that I think Kleiman is overrated in any way or that he's bad. I think you are over-inflating what he is. Okay. He's a good coach. But all he's basically done, so far, I mean, Kansas State could surprise all of us and win the rest of their games, get into the big old championship. And if that happens, then we can revisit this conversation. But I don't think that that's going to happen. So, basically, all he's done in two years with no expectations at Kansas State is catch Oklahoma sleeping twice. Once, in the fourth quor- once at the end of the third quarter, and then the entire first half last year in Manhattan. I cannot wait. I, I truly hope Kleiman is still at Kansas State next year. One, because of this, uh, I'm about to say I mean, they're not, and, gonna, and OU's not losing to him next year. And number two, because I I like Kleiman as a coach and I want the Big Toll to have good coaching. But OU is going to defile them in Manhattan next year. They are going to absolutely defile them. There will be no napping taking place.
1: So, last year, Kansas State got rolled by Baylor at home. Good Baylor team. They beat TCU by seven. Bad, Kind of a bad TCU team. Beat Oklahoma. Got beat by three by Texas. Got beat by four by West Virginia. Texas game was on the road. And they beat Mississippi State on the road. I mean... For a team, uh, Bill Snyder
0: put him in a really, like,
1: for Kansas State, he was in a very tough position. No
0: expectations. I do not think that Chris Kleiman is a bad coach. I think that he's a really good coach. But you're over here tweeting that he's the best game day coach, the best whatever this, he's the best coach in the Big 12. He's not. Lincoln Riley is the best coach in the Big 12.
1: No, yeah. Is Lincoln Riley the best coach in the Big 12? Yeah, I would agree with that. Is he the best in-game coach?
0: I, I would give Kleiman the edge. I would say he is, and then I would also say that Lincoln Riley is the coach with the most influence on every game, whether it's good or bad. Oh, <laughs> As we saw against Texas, he sure. does influence games a lot. He, he's... Dude... I think you need to understand that Kansas State has, like, I know you know this, Kansas State has a different standard, and we have different expectations for them, so when they do exceed those expectations a few times, that doesn't automatically catapult him into the elite. Now, if Kansas State starts rattling off Big 12 championships or even appearances, I think you'll, I think I will yield to you in that respect, but I, A, I don't think that's going to happen, and B, I don't know if he's going to be there long enough for that to even be the case. I think he might be gobbled up by uh, Michigan. That I'm glad you said it because w- I've been thinking about that this entire year. Harbaugh should be—he should have been let go last year, but that buyout is ugly if you're a Michigan I alum. Think he's,
1: I think he's—I don't know if he's—I think his contract runs through this year. If I, if, but I'm—I'm I'm not. Don't don't quote me on that. But no, they. Here's my thing with Kleiman. It's something that I pointed out in the OU game. Is that he knows where his strengths are. Yeah. He knows where his weaknesses are. And then he shows up on game day and outcoaches you.
0: Yeah, but he did – Kansas State did not beat Oklahoma because climbing out outcoached Oklahoma. Kansas State beat Oklahoma because Oklahoma just stopped playing. No, sure.
1: I, yeah, no, absolutely. I, my biggest thing, though, is that the play I pointed out was early in the game. Kansas State goes empty. They run a little draw with Skylar Thompson on the third down. They don't get it. But Oklahoma gave him the same look. So, in the second half, immediately, guess what he did? They go empty, same look, hits Deuce Vaughn on a long touchdown. That little slant, they got him in a one-on-one on Brian Asamoah. And that that's, that's coaching. I mean, that he, he, in that situation in the second half with the punt block, with everything, Sure. he, he out-coached Lincoln. He's, and, a, he's a good coach. And then if you go back to the guard stuff last year they were doing in the running game, I mean, that they hadn't barely, they had barely run all year and they pulled up against Oklahoma and just run yeah. it to death. I mean, that, that's, Look, that's my that's my thing. It's like whenever you watch him in, in game, and obviously there are situations to where they don't win, but typically he puts his teams in the best positions to win. For 100% bowlers. agree.
0: And now,
1: but, I don't think Lincoln has done that to a consistent extent yet. Really, at Oklahoma, really in four years.
0: Well, really, I don't think he has to. He has more well, of a sure. margin for error. Sure. Sometimes he can just understand, I'm going to let my athletes go be better athletes. I've, like, I 100% agree with you. Like, Kleiman can find spots in games and adjust because he's a good coach. He's smart. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. What I'm saying is, all those little bullet points that you're picking out really should have had no influence on the game if OU just half asses it instead of no asses it in the end of the third quarter, into the fourth. They half ass the rest of that game. They win by two touchdowns, and we're all thinking, yikes, that was a little bit closer than we all anticipated, but they still won, and then we move on. So,
1: Harbaugh, I don't know if he's gotten an extension. So, he has not gotten one. Harbaugh hasn't.
0: Nor does he deserve one. That dude, is. He trash. showed
1: up in twenty. So 2015, started a seven-year deal. So, he has two more years. Typically, deals are extended by now. Yeah. If you're going to be around. So, no, it's going to be him or Matt Campbell for sure. Like, for Climate sure. Climate or Matt Campbell? For sure. Which is a
0: shame because that means o, the Big 12 is – losing two of their better coaches.
1: I mean, real tough. I mean, Kansas state's going to go find some other blue collar guy. That's, they're going to be oh. not, not okay to my, what I was just talking about. It's going to be hard to replace Chris Kleiman. Like can you
0: imagine if, if Les miles had put a little bit of a pulse into Kansas? Let's say that he does. Let's say that he makes Kansas like an eight win team next year. And then the following year, then Harbaugh's gone. Do you think Michigan goes after their Michigan man in Les miles over a climbing or a Matt Campbell? Probably. If, if, the landscape is what it is,
1: but it would be a short it'd be a short deal. I mean, no, I mean, less less would, has less has some serious yep. health issues, so
0: that would be so Michigan,
1: but it's an it's an interesting game up in Manhattan this weekend. I I think it could go either way. I I, I, I an Oklahoma State loss isn't detrimental. An Oklahoma State loss is only detrimental is if Texas faults the rest of the year.
0: Well, the the other part of it is it's not detrimental because Kansas State still has to play Texas and Iowa State. So the Iowa State game with Kansas State, that's obviously going to probably eliminate one of them if everything goes the way that we think it's going to go. But let's not get it too ahead of ourselves. You mentioned Texas. The other big game on Saturday is Texas on the road in Morgantown against West Virginia. And is Texas favored or is West Virginia favored? Texas six and a half. Yeah, that's that logo, man. I mean, West Virginia has played better this year. Oh, Texas has the biggest win of the two schools this year, no doubt. Texas I think has the higher have, ceiling.
1: I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to get played, but I like Texas six and a half. A lot.
0: Like, a lot, lot. Yeah, let's just go ahead and play uh, a bit on the Texas-West Virginia game from Monday's conversation with Stephen Plasance, which, again, you can hear on our Patreon.
1: So that then, Stephen, I'm going to swing this over back to you. Right, Oklahoma State needs to be Kansas State this weekend. What is the model spit out in terms of that game prediction? Because I would take – Oklahoma State by, like, six or seven. Like, I think so, that line is perfect.
0: I think you're going to like this. The model has Oklahoma State winning 30-23. to 23. And there you have it. Steven says, or at least his model says, Texas by 10.5. So, Keegan, if everything goes the way that we think it's going to go this week, OU wins, Oklahoma State wins, Texas wins, I would imagine that these conference outlook numbers probably increase exponentially more for Oklahoma and so let's go back to Steven to see who is the projected winner of this conference Texas Uh, West Virginia
1: yes so that line is is Texas by six and a half and I love Texas in this game I think that West Virginia like whenever you think of it analytically and this is what's good about like trusting these numbers and talking to these guys is that last week Kansas State like West Virginia had a pick six and I think they had a couple other turnovers and like you don't get credit for those like Oklahoma state obviously had a 97% win expectancy last week per SP And I'm sure our numbers would probably say the same thing. Um, it would definitely have like Texas would lose that game. 95% of the time with the way they played West Virginia last week, got a lot of luck against Kansas state. They
0: had a lot of bad luck against Texas tech.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And so I, I think the model is kind of weird would be weird about, about West Virginia, but I think Texas would win, but by 10, what would, what, would, what would you think before he show, tells the score?
0: If we get the Texas we saw against Oklahoma, and that includes the entire game, Sure. Uh, yeah, they'll win by 10.
1: All right, Stephen, what, what's the number say?
0: Uh, the model has Texas winning by 10.5 points. So as it stands right now, Keegan, OU is leading the conference with a 33% chance to win. Oklahoma State somewhat close behind at 27. Texas third with 19, and then Iowa State at 17. F-
1: you. <laughs> the it's with like you said you know it, everything goes chalk this weekend Brady I'm it, it looks really good for Oklahoma I mean if everything goes chalk this weekend you get a top twenty five matchup in Norman with Oklahoma State which is enough has enough affair to it to where it gets people a little bit excited for the game I love Texas and I love I, bef- I as I was heading in this game right I I I had Texas by about 10.5, 10, and I had Oklahoma State by six seven so it's it doesn't surprise me that it's heading this direction. I'm excited to see, though, just how both teams play. Because Texas could come out, and they could still be in the FU Tom Herman mode as their team, and things could go poorly for them. I mean, yeah. West Virginia's defense is disruptive. I mean, they're, it's going to be a fun game between Oklahoma and West Virginia. And that's another thing, too, is we're, we're going to learn a lot. Because if West Virginia can't hold up a front against Texas's front, Oklahoma's going to go into Morgantown and blow them out.
0: And that's kind of the hope that you have if you want to just keep seeing Texas lose, is West Virginia is like, they're kind of like OU in that their best unit is probably their defensive line. Mm. Texas's offensive line, as we've mentioned a zillion times on this show, is terrible. <laughs> so, that, I mean, that's that's their chance. And, you know, kind of what I was talking about the last few episodes, West Virginia is a gigantic mystery to me. And this is kind of like the, lit, the litmist. I can't say lithmist. A litmist test? Litmist litmus. Um, I, I'm sorry. like The the hick in me ref- will not permit me to say it, but this is my test for them. Like This will tell me how good or bad that they are. This will give me a good understanding of just how tough that game in Morgantown will be for Oklahoma in a few weeks. Uh, of course, they've got a bye week after Kansas, then Oklahoma State, and then a probable 7 o'clock night game in Morgantown the following week. So that's um, not not too comfortable. Like, oh, you should take care of business against Kansas. They should probably beat Oklahoma State. But to play Oklahoma State in a big rivalry game and then turn around and go on the road in West Virginia, that's, that's not the most ideal situation. No.
1: Especially going up against two defenses that are pretty good mm. as well. I mean, it's going to be a great test for this offense. But the best thing is, and I asked Creed Humphrey about this week about their pass protection. And I should have a little film review post on it kind of tomorrow on Sooners Wire, well, just a small one that they have gotten so much better in pass protection and I think with Spencer's development and the way they're playing along the offensive line, are those things are completely mutually exclusive. Yeah. And I, I'm excited to see how this group keeps growing. Because like like we said, Eric Swenson, people saw my tweet this week and were probably like, what? Like Eric Swinson's played good football the last week. He
0: has. He has he's only had one penalty this year, so that that's a good thing. And basically since Texas, he's not given up a lot of just, he hasn't been blown by like he was last year a lot, like he was earlier on in the year, where just a simple speed rush would just get right past him. Just slow-footed to me, uh, but he's cleaned it up. And he's, I guess, given Bill Beambo even more of an, uh, more confidence that if Anton Harrison just simply doesn't have it because he's an 18-year-old freshman, which, I mean, God forbid that happens, you can throw Swenson out there and have the confidence that he can do his job. And thus far, he's done that.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I wasn't. Good for him. Good for him, man. He got. He's been rightly criticized, but yes, and that, it, it's it's like with same with, how do I say this? Like, obviously the secondary hasn't been tested the last two weeks because of how well the defensive lines played, but like, good for them. Like, yeah. takes the ease off him a little bit because as human beings, I mean,
0: you react to those things, right? <laughs> yeah. You. I'm not editing the laughs out. You're not editing that out. Should, are we going to talk about that ever? I said two weeks. Two weeks. So the statute of limitations is two weeks.
1: Statute of limitations is the Tuesday podcast
0: after Bedlam. Okay, we'll tease people about what we're talking about. Oh, well, let's not. Just, let's end on a tease.
1: Let's just say that. Someone searches their name on Twitter and decided to slide in my DMs.
0: Which isn't, you know, I just told a story on Tuesday about Baker Mayfield doing that same thing before, uh, back in 2015 off season, before he was named the starter. So I mean, it's not, it's not uncommon that people do that. I don't do that. You do that. The only time I've ever searched my name, Keegan, was when I decided that I wanted to be in this business, because I had had a Twitter account for about three or four years before I. Decided in 2016 in the summer that I wanted to be in like sports media. So I searched my name and then I typed in the word fuck, deleted every tweet, shit, deleted every tweet, anything disparaging Bob Stoops because I understand what market that I'm in, which of course Bob and I have made peace. Yes. Unless in case y'all didn't know. Yeah, so I've searched my name, but not for, like, I'm, I'm curious what people are saying about me. I'm not that important, but I was more so thinking about my professional future. I'm like, I'm not getting, uh, what's his name in Buffalo? Jared Allen? No, yeah, no, uh, Josh Allen. Josh, I'm not getting Josh Allen here. Not that I've ever said anything dumb like that, because I just don't think that way, but I have said uh, some cuss words uh, as a sports fan that I just don't really want out there. Whenever I joined the daily...
1: I deleted every tweet before I joined it.
0: Oh, every tweet that said "fuck the OU Daily." No, just
1: every <laughs> every tweet in general.
0: What do you th- like? Do you think that it's this uh, the OU Daily School of Me?
1: Huh? What did you just say?
0: The OU Daily School of Me.
1: <laughs> no, but while we're here, <laughs> At it the happened. This, it happened. It happened this week. Congrats to George Stoya! Yeah, covering the Denver Broncos now. How about that? That's awesome. Dude, he's so good, man. If, good. if people knew how hard that guy worked, it they'd be blown away. I mean, fourteen-hour days. He'll call the same interviewer like for a story. If he calls like a source for it, like a mom or dad or whatever, he'll talk to them like five or six times, yeah. Like before he writes it to make sure everything's good and clean. It's all props to him, man. He's he's big time and. Like I'm the I know it was a short time and him and I saw, you know, different paths on different things. Yeah, you guys you guys punched each other and kicked and,
0: each other and, Yeah, um, but we kissed and made up and, and you bit each other. And uh not in a good way.
1: No. But you know, we made up and thank, thank we you guys all go drew th- swords. <laughs> we all go through stuff like that, so it it was a
0: bad time and here here's my little George testimonial. Um How can I say this without making everything sound or without making everything about me? Let me talk about me. I've never really felt like I've um, really belonged in this business because like I cover the thunder in a much different way than I cover Oklahoma. Like I'm a fan of Oklahoma. I'm not a fan of the Oklahoma city thunder. At least I'm not anymore. I used to be, but I'm not anymore. So I take that a little bit more classically seriously at the same time, I know I'm not Royce. I know I'm not Eric Horn. I'm no. I know I'm not whoever is writing for the Thunder at the Oklahoma. Uh, but I still take it seriously. But I understand that I'm not going to get as much pub or retweets or whatever as those guys, and that's fine. That's just the way it is. Uh, but when Russell Westbrook was traded, I was at. I was in Las Vegas covering uh, the Thunder summer league, and I felt like I was in the absolute wrong place at the wrong time. Yep. Because. No one cared about Summer League at the time. It's like, wow, Russell Westbrook is gone, and I'm in Las Vegas. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I write two stories afterwards. I um, put a lot of thought into them. Had nothing else to do in my hotel room. I had no money at the time, so I didn't get to go have fun. But then I get in the air. I get in the airport the next day to go leave, go head back to Oklahoma. And my story had been out there for a few hours. And George Stoya... Put out like a tweet that had links to all, um, I think, Royce, Eric, Barry Trammell, and um, I believe Maddie Lee. And then he included me with my story from thefranchiseok.com and said, We're lucky to have all these great beat writers covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that's one of the first times that I've ever felt like I'm not as good as those guys just yet. Sure. Guys and gals, but okay, at least I, I belong in the eyes of somebody that I respect. So, George, good job. Yeah, you.
1: Oh, he's man, he's awesome. It's it's hard to it's hard to describe. Love love being able to work with them and those people. At the daily man, they do such a they do such a good job. They Seth Prince, I name dropped him earlier. I'll name I'll name drop him five hundred times. He's the best of the best. If you have an advisor in college, if you're a college kid, younger kid listening to us, <laughs> if you're a college kid listening to us, and you go to OU, and you want to – or you're going to go to OU or you're there now and you want to go join journalism there is no better direction than Seth. I mean, I'm. Um, it's, he's, I mean, the reason, I mean, he took my writing to a whole nother level.
0: Trust me. I wish I could have listened to this podcast when I was in college is I, I remember every other day I wanted to join or try to get into journalism. I just never thought that I was good enough. Cause I never wrote for my high school paper or anything like that. I kept moving when I was a air force brat, never had the chance to really do that. So I thought, Oh, I'm not good enough. So I'm just not going to try. Cause I'm a gigantic pussy when it comes to that stuff. And then I decided that I wanted to do this after I graduated. So I took my history degree and just tried to apply it as much as possible. And what does that mean? Not a lot. Oh well. So subscribe to Sooner Flashback, or to our Patreon, so you can get my Sooner Flashback Friday podcast on Friday, where I utilize my history degree. And then also, George Storia, we just said nice things about you. Now subscribe to our fucking Patreon. Or I'll go up to Denver and I'll, uh, oh,
1: I'll go to visit him in Denver. I may, I may, I may.
0: Yeah, what for? What I are you mean, gonna go to Colorado for? What are you doing, Keegan? You go can go do to, that here. Got to go. It's a very cosmopolitan state, the state of Oklahoma. Kind of,
1: kind of. I mean, kind of have to do it. Kind of.
0: I went to a dispensary uh, four years ago in Colorado. It was right after they legalized it, and it was this building, this rundown building in a alleyway. So it was legal, but. Everything we had to do felt so wrong. It felt like we, we were being hurried in some corridor. Put this brown bag over your face so you don't know where you're going. Give me your ID. It just it felt terrible. It's uh, how do I say
1: this? The first time I went in one, I was sitting there. I walk in and I was like, "Man, you can really do this now. Like this is crazy that you can do it." So. No, I'm kidding. I, oh,
0: if oh I, Where are you right now? Spencer Rattler just started a live video on Instagram. Oh, I'm sure... <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Inside OU podcast. We drew, truly appreciate it. Truly, truly appreciate that. We truly appreciate Vanessa House Beer Company for taking care of us on Thursdays. Uh, appreciate everybody involved with the show, which is just mainly Keegan and I and our wonderful sponsors that we, we have two sponsors now. So that's kind of cool. Shout out to them. Everybody have a good day. Be nice to each other, you know, be an American, but be nice to each other. And then we can all be sooner fans on Saturday. So y'all have a good one.